Hi everybody, welcome back to Two Pros Podcast. I hope you're all well. Joe's in the house. Joe, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you, pal. You? Really good. Just had a really good prodding session tonight down here at Going Golf. We're spoiled. 40, 50 foot potting green. Just awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a great facility and it's nice to get a couple of reps in, especially over winter. Um, it's certainly something that people, I don't think, practice enough. Yeah. And we've said this in the past, to try and gain grain that bit more stroke-orientated because you can go out, especially over winter, and catch a bobble and the results aren't always perfect. As well, coming here, fairly flat surface, it's nice, couple of breaks here and there, mm. and it, it enables you to just train the stroke a little bit. It's yeah. repetitive but in the best way possible. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty, I think, of everything that, that we're trying to do through the winter months, trying to put some work in, put some work, especially on the short game. And we had our tech out tonight, Joe, and and, and you had a putter that was going to maybe stay in the shed, but it's back out. Yeah, I mean, it'd been in, in the back a little while, back in the studio at home, and hadn't really done a lot. Um, due to just a couple of configuration changes, decided to give it a run, and... It really surprised me tonight. It's uh, it's nice to see something different in the bag for once. I think with that, with us as pros, we are I'm probably one of the worst for you. Friends listening to this podcast will be wetting themselves at this point, but I'm the worst for tinkering with equipment and changes. And to be honest, I've persisted with the putter this year because I've, I know it's the right one for me. You keep telling me and reminding me, stay off of eBay, stop letting people offer you things. Yeah, um, especially kind of, proud moment to hear you turned one down today it's, yeah. it's rare it is, <laughs> it's it is rare very moment. rare but yeah no and I think a, a little bit of consistency in the bag's never a problem I think we've spoke previously about winter versus summer setups but I think there's certain things that have just got to stay in the bag for a while yeah and obviously dependent on what you need and what you've got but if you're going to put something different in the bag putter wise make sure the right loft lie length they're all the same so it's yeah. not going to be too dissimilar i think to be honest i'm joking with it really i've had probably my best putting season last year and that's down to a lot of your support a lot of support from people like andy gorman and the guys at at seymour carbon mark bjm there's lots of people that come out of help but Especially with yourself, Joe, your expertise, having your eyes over the over the putting stroke, it's it's certainly working at the moment, which is great. I know it means a lot to see working. I think it was something that we set definitely at the start of last season to try and target to mm. to get the putter rolling a little bit better. I don't think there's anything more frustrating than getting on a green in two, especially par five, and we're walking off with par. Yeah. And I've seen it happen way too many times. And mm. When, when you see players that are now hitting greens and three, maybe even four on par fives, yeah. with the confidence to knock the ball in the hole, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, and I think that leads into kind of tonight's discussion. We don't want to get too deep on, on kind of what we're going to discuss tonight on goal setting because it, I think it puts people off in terms of that word goal setting. It's a bit of one of those words that maybe involve a bit of education, a bit of you've got to write something down. But I think we're going to talk more on I don't know, aspirations, things that you want to get out of next season. And Joey spoke off kind of camera and off mic about kind of your processes. But if you want to share with the audience that, like, do you have goals or not, really? Um, it was quite a candid conversation in fairness and something I, I do want to bring to the forefront. I, I've never really been a goal setter. I'm very much here and now. 
I'm probably more result driven than I am stats. Yeah. I'll look at the stats, I'll find out where I've gone wrong, and I think think it's great to use for lessons. But it's not something I would judge my season by, because I'm sure there's plenty of players yeah, that have hit yeah. above average greens, fairways, and probably still not made much money on tour. So it's more results based for me than it is potentially targets and goal setting. But I think also that could be the way I've set goals in the past that yeah, I don't yeah. want to look at the end of next season and go, right, in a year we're going to sit down and this is what we're going to discuss. Mm. It might be better to go on a monthly basis and, and find shorter term targets that I can keep up on. Yeah, I like that because... I think from a psychology perspective, long term sometimes is you don't know what it's going to be. God, we don't know our game from month to month, let alone twelve months, six months down the line. So I'm with you. I think if you get everybody out there thinking about next season, maybe just think about that first couple of weeks out of the blocks. Maybe when the season gets into full fettle, March, April, if the weather allows it, work on something around them. If that's a, a club medal, or if it's a competition, or it's a it's a mate's away trip, whatever it may be. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, something I I kind of put down for this year was to to especially look at the putting to be averaging higher strokes gain than I previously was this year. Um, for the strokes gain metric, it's looking at how many shots per round you are better than a certain baseline. Um, use a great app from TaylorMade that puts number of baselines in, so 28, 18, 9, scratch, and European or PGA Tour. And there's been high points there where against Tor, it's kind of seven and a half shots around better with putter. And it, it's scary. When when that's on, it's it's great. Yeah. But the key to it is they're not being seven shots worse on another day. I agree. So certainly something over the average would be to look to, to be positive within that by, let's say, one or two shots. Mm -hmm. But the problem is at the moment, the greens make it very, very difficult to achieve that because yeah. you can hit good putts, as we've just said there, and they don't go in. So maybe target setting around certain points of the season mm -hmm. is better than just a blanket yes I want to do this because yeah. you have a couple of bad rounds and all of a sudden that target seems like it's going to take loads to turn around and you're not bothered anymore and that would be a real shame to lose kind of a focus yeah. if if you can plan better for it yeah exactly and I think that's the key there you've, you've seen your strengths you've seen the areas that you want to improve and it's just building on that for next season, isn't it? Really, keep doing what you keep. You do more of what you're doing. Yeah, I think I, I don't particularly like I said. Don't set a lot of goals. I want to set simple stuff that we can work around, um, and it is pretty much maintaining what the putter does, mm. and within it hitting a few more greens around. Um, as you've seen, short game that could probably keep up with most. Yeah, but don't hit enough greens to make dangers. It, it's not threatening enough. Um, just gaining stats from this season, three and a half, or well, 3.8 shots worse around than the average tour pro into greens. So that's 12 rounds of tournament. Yeah. Uh, 12 shots of tournament, sorry. Get Obviously, gaining with putter is one thing, but that's to offset. You're battling that back all the time. Yeah. I'd, obviously, knowing that's not a massive strength within my game, if I can get that to one shot worse than a tour pro per round, I'm quite happy providing we can maintain the putting. Yeah. Because that means more birdies are going to drop, score gets better. Yeah, exactly. And for you then, thinking about that, that what are you going to do to get to those points or what are you doing now to get to where you need to? Um, Something we kind of identified a little bit in terms of where we were hitting greens was where we were hitting greens from. Yeah. Um. So, consequently, 
hitting fairways directly relates to hitting greens. Yeah. If you're in the trees and punching one out with four iron, you're probably not hitting your greens in reg. Um, so certainly something I want to look into is more shot selection off the tee. Yeah. Luckily, got a little bit of distance on side, so maybe using three wood, two iron a little bit more when it's running, especially on links this season, get it in play. Mm. And then we can deal with what we deal with from there. But I'd rather make unforced errors of missing a green from the middle of the fairway than having to chip out of either the trees or the thick rough yeah. because of a poor choice off the tee. So that that's kind of the big one for me is it, it leads on to everything. There's not massive swing changes I want to make this year. There's stuff in progress, but especially that kind of mental side of it to make choices that are going to benefit the game as a whole. Yeah. I used to talk to people about working back to front and what I mean by that is working almost from the green back to the tee and it's what you want to leave yourself in for that second shot and I know a lot of people will be laughing out there thinking God guys I just want to get off the tee put it in somewhere play but if you want to start improving especially people listening to this who are low single figures that's the mentality you've got to have like Joe's saying you can hit greens and you're rolling the rock while game on isn't it really yeah I think a lot of what I would say the majority average of male golfers will reach most par fours into. They don't tend to suffer that much. They've got the distance. Okay, strike affects things, yeah. but they have the raw power to get it there. The difference is how you get it there then. Are you making the right decision? And even if you are in the trees, are you making the right decision to chip out or to go for it? And how often are you making that decision correctly? Yeah. I think we've done that. I saw that, especially from you this year. It's been brilliant to see where probably 12, 18 months ago, you would have taken on the hero shot and you've scored really well by going, no, I'm going to chip up sideways and I'm going to wedge it on and one putting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly one of those that I think it's infectious through the game. When you start to put well, you know you can knock your wedge shots to 10 feet because you make a good chance of making it. So you can relax things off a little bit. You don't need to go for the guard shots as often and that's certainly been one advantage to the game and I think the other thing is though it's not completely cutting it out no there's been shots in matches and bits and bobs where we've played or certain players that I've played with where you go you know what I'm going to hit that shot and if you can hit it mm. there's nothing wrong with it yeah. it's just being fully aware of the risks that are involved mm-hmm. I think with everything with the goal setting isn't it? it's about being realistic as well it's not chucking some ridiculous number out there if you're a 25 handicap and you want to get down to scratch in 12 months it's going to take a lot of work. I'm not saying people can't do it, but it's about being realistic with what you're setting as well. So that was why it was yeah. great to see you've reeled off a few stats there and it's real what you're setting yourself or what you're envisaging for next year as well. Yeah, I think the the hardest thing is, and I think we mentioned this in kind of coaching especially, I have a lot of people come to me and go, oh, my putting's not good enough. And you go, well, actually... When you're chipping, you're leaving yourself 20-footers. Yeah. So it's your chipping that's not good enough. And I don't think people have enough of an awareness, or especially when you're goal setting, look deep and look at some stats. Winter's perfect to gain some stats. You don't have to set them right now for yeah. your goals. Gain a bit of knowledge over what you're doing, what's going on. So you've got a real, like you say, a very kind of cold light of day mm. view about what's going on. Because... You could look at trying to fix your putting, and okay, you could become the best putter in the world, but if your short game's ropey, your score isn't getting that much better. Yeah. It's about improving the bits that need to improve, but knowing 
what needs improving in the first place. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think anybody out there, maybe it's worth booking in with your coach or going to see somebody or having a look online. There's some great skills tests that you can do online and go and give yourself a baseline number. Go and get yourself a figure of fairways up and down from different parts of a green. How many putts do you hold from six, eight, ten, twelve feet and start making some, some measurements and some data around that but also then discuss that with your coach because as Joe said he's had clients come to him and a putting lesson's turned into a chipping lesson because they don't get it close enough that's why the putting's not the best yeah at the end of the day it's about saving shots not necessarily being the best in one area yeah. if you look at how many are the absolute best the number one within strokes gain putting and the number one in strokes gain driving coincidentally isn't the same person no. everyone's got the strengths to the game and he's trying to play to them but it's also trying to improve the lowest factor within that. I think they said that with Colin Morikara, aren't they? That his he's one of the only guys on tour who's actually won with negative strokes gained on the potting green. Wow. His I mean, tee to green is so good that he can still win with negative strokes gained it, putting. It's mind-blowing because it's one of those that you hope through his career you don't turn around and say, oh, what if? Because if he becomes a great putter as well, not even a great putter, just a not terrible one. Yeah, they said average. You can be he, he an is, average. He is putter. average. Well, I think he, yeah, he, he is average at the moment. I'd say compared to most. Mm -hmm. If you could get him up to knocking a couple of extra putts in a round, he is going to be winning a great number of majors without yeah. a doubt. He, he's got the base game there. To well, he's already setting up birdies, mm -hmm. and it's only a matter of time really until you start making them. Yeah. And I think something for everybody out there, if you're not already, get yourself one, but a, a World Handicap Index. I think that's going to help me next year because it's, I wouldn't say it's volatile, but the system changes on a, on a quite a regular basis and it rewards good golf and consistent golf, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting one because I was lucky to have turned pro, what, three years ago now? And it's a case of... I struggled especially from going from a handicap, playing off two or three-ish at the time, where you kind of go, right, okay, I'm now off scratch. I've got to shoot as low as I can. And it's a very strange concept to get your head around of going from shots knocked off at the end to going as deep as you can into yeah. a score. As where now with the handicapping system, I've, I've got it back. I still play a little bit again. and But when we'll go out, I, I know the handicap's plus one. So I know roughly what I should be shooting. Mm. And I also know what a good round is. And I know what's lucky. Yeah. Because you can't go from having two or three shots knocked off to all of a sudden expecting to shoot seven under. Yeah. It's not, as we said, not realistic. I mean, there's a great challenge out here on the putting green. Mm. One putt for 12 holes wins you the money, mm. in theory. And a lot of people have a go. It's a great little game. But you look at it and it, sadly, it ain't. All that realistic. No. There's a 40-footer at the end that I don't think I've seen many people knock in. And it just highlights the same as on the course. If you're expecting unrealistic expectations rather than giving them a go yeah. to an expectation that you know might be a little bit unrealistic, but you're going to give it a go, yeah. then it makes the world a difference. And it's just that mentality that potential goal setting brings. Yeah. But what what's, I'd, I'd love it. It's a great phrase. And we you kind of coin it quite often. And... It's a brilliant one from, from Ash, your your boss and your friend and my mate. Um, go on, Joe, what is it? It's a brilliant one. In, um, terms of the, in terms of when you've had a good start, 
birdie the first couple, what do you say? Or when you rock up to golf course and you're up for the challenge? Oh, it's the good old... <laughs> I believe it's where's the first tee and what's the course record. That's turning I, up with some confidence, isn't it? Yeah, I absolutely love the theory of it, the theory <laughs> behind it. Um, I think it just sets you up well more than anything. It's that little yeah. bit of psychology that isn't necessarily psychology, if that makes is, sense. Yeah. People change their mindset through a statement. and mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it's as close to a mantra as you'd probably find. Yeah. And when you do that, I mean... I was lucky enough to go and play Delamere um, on Friday with a good friend, James. And we we were joking about that at the start. And he's an unbelievably positive character, as am I. And out of nowhere, he's three under through the first five. And we were joking, ten under was the unofficial course record at the time. And he kind of birdied the first, and you go, hmm, nine more to go. Birdies the second, you go, hmm. Eight more to go. And it turned into a bit of a joke, but actually the thought process behind it works yeah. really nicely because you're tuned into this goal at the end. Even though it's... I mean, the odds of shooting 10 under around are unbelievably slim and unfortunately didn't quite happen. But it's that theory that if you can cling on to it, you can really do some damage. Yeah. And I I kind of set myself... I think it was our mind shift that we talked about of, of trying to shoot under par and consistently shoot under par. And that's one of mine for next year is... Every round I want to play next year, if it's just recreational or it's, it's competitive, I want to shoot under par. And I know that might be a bit of a lofty one, but I'm down now to plus, I think, plus zero point something on WHS. And I think I can get to plus four. And because in my mindset, that's four birdies to either side. Yeah, I mean, in... I mean, it sounds great when you sit here and discuss it. Obviously, out there, it's a little bit different when either stuff's on the line or we're playing competitively. But I think definitely in practice, if you're knocking your handicap down, and I'd incentivize anybody to have a go at just shooting your gross scores. Yeah. Regardless of handicap, looking at that kind of gross score because it's going to help you. It's going to bring more awareness to what you're doing. Because two points in your monthly stable for it could be a bogey, it could be a double. Yeah. As well as six on a par four seems ever so slightly different. And it's just trying to tweak that mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly something that as to now we haven't been able to quantify is mental state. Yeah. And realistically, within the amateur game, there aren't many amateurs that we go and see see a psychologist. But it's that theory of trying to shoot low and putting a number on it mm. rather than guessing yeah and I think if you look at how many amateurs actually have psychology help it's very very few mm. and a lot of them don't tend to set the goals properly yeah and when you're doing that it's a dangerous place to be things and little it, things like for me just as simple as going have an on-course lesson go and yeah. take your pro out for nine holes 18 holes because you can read and understand so much about a player from just seeing how they are and on the golf course. You can course. learn so much more in a playing lesson than you can on the range about yeah. a player. Um, it's incredible how much it reveals in point of fact. I've seen a number of great range players over the time and it doesn't always translate. But one thing I would look at doing is trying to bring somebody onto more on-course goals than range goals. Yeah, There's some people where you'd want to see them have, say, two range sessions a week mm. and that could be as simple as it is to help them practice that a little bit more but then you've got certain people that you're looking more kind of goal orientated yeah. or outcome we do don't this is a consistent goal for us of to practice 
together once a week and we record the pod as well, which is great, but ultimately we're doing this for practice on a Tuesday night. Yeah, you're looking at consistency within the kind of things you can control and you can you can't control how your practice session's gonna go, but you can get out there. Yeah. And that that's half of the battle with it already. And mixing it like we've done for a couple of weeks, we put, we chip, we yeah. hit the range, just it, balancing it's a bit of a mixed everything. Working on the bits that need working on. Yeah. Some days it's technical swings, some days it's putting numbers. And I love this because part of the goal setting is trying to find kind of especially for myself and and a lot of the lessons I'm working with currently is trying to find baseline numbers. Yeah. And luckily enough tonight I had a really good night putting and we had a conversation just prior to kind of hopping onto this where we're looking at what we kind of do well when we pull out. Yeah. And I think it's something that a lot of people miss is goal setting isn't necessarily about getting better, it's sometimes about maintaining. And it's nice to know where your good is yeah. rather than just your bad. And it's always interesting because when you do tend to falter through the season, you remind yourself of what your strengths are. Yeah. And that, that makes... And an that could be difference. a goal. That could be something people out there could think about for the, for the winter months. I want to go and find what the issues are. Go and yeah, invest some time, go invest some energy, work with some specialists and find out what is going on. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it sounds daft. We're out practicing the putting tonight and a lot of my mentality now is to put X amount of good strokes on it uh, okay not every putt's going to drop but the putter's in my hands and I can control that yeah. and when you start to grain a movement especially with the feedback I'm lucky enough to have through kind of Capto or Putt Lab whichever one we're using you start to gain a number and a mm. feel and I think that works really nicely that you can go back to that you can have a target to maintain a degree either side of it Yeah. and if you can get into that kind of habit you're working some very very technical kind of swing changes yeah so I think the key for anybody out there is, is looking at goals or aspirations or just trying to improve and get better or maintain what you've already got is first of all go and find the baseline go and either get your stats from last year go and work with somebody to find where you're currently at in your game and then you can plan, then you can start setting realistic aspirations for the coming season. Yeah, I mean, you take it into any other side of things. It's, I mean, just recently getting back into the gym for kind of the winter and working out and stuff like that. I'm not looking to set PGs. Watch out, girls. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I, it's one of those where not necessarily looking at setting PBs in terms of weight lifted, yeah. but it can be as simple as going to the range or the gym twice a week. Yeah. And as long as you're doing that, you're making positive moves. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. And keep it simple. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be golf, like you said. It could be fitness side of things as well. Because mm-hmm. how many offers are blowing after 12, 15 holes? Yeah, it, it's it's one of those where you've got to make goals you can stick to as well. Yeah. And don't, like you say, it's okay looking at kind of on-course stuff. But even if it's playing nine holes on a day a week as yeah. a practice... It's easy stuff to try and set yourself, and it also makes you feel incredibly good for sticking to it. Yeah, and I think out there, everybody, don't do this on your own. If I'm lucky enough to have Joe as a buddy, and we bounce off each other, and we help each other with our golf games, so go and find a like-minded individual, go and find somebody that you get on with, and maybe do it together, help each other out. Yeah, and if, if nothing else have a bet between each other yeah and and go out and see who can improve the most because i guarantee you you'll start to find improvements in goal setting there yeah play for a game end of the year play for a game yeah. loser has to go and 
pay for the, the game of golf at, at Birkdale or somewhere like that. Yeah, gosh. Well, <laughs> we're not making that one, are we? No, no, we're not making that it's, one. Uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take you to Barlison or I'll take you to oh, Stone. Sounds good. <laughs> they are beautiful golf courses, by the way, but compared to real Birkdale, yeah, yeah. We're, we're a long way away from there, to be honest with you. Many courses that we have got in our local area, but... It's been great again, Joe. Really enjoyed tonight's yeah, session. Pleasure, as always, it's always an eye opener to discuss a few things because you end up learning something about your own game. And next week, bit of a fun one, I think. Lots of people have been asking me of, of what should I get from Santa and for Christmas. Oh, so wow, we're going to bring some specials. some podcasts, magic, um, in terms of Christmas ideas, gifts, things that you can buy loved ones, things that you can treat yourself with, and. We're going to bring it from an angle. If anybody listened to our kind of first series, we brought some different products, some alternative products, and some new brands to the to the table as well. So we'll do that next session. Yeah, that's all. Look forward to it. Awesome. And keep sending questions, any topics that you want us to discover, discuss. We're here to help and support you. So thank you, Joe. Pleasure as always. Cheers, everybody. See you we'll next see you time. Too.